0: On blast. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Paula.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, my name is Shelon Alexander, and I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Andrew Webster Webby. What is good?
0: A lot of late nights, guys. A lot of late nights when you got the newborn. Let me tell you. But hey, it's all good. We've got a we're we're breeding a new basketball fan here in the uh, Webster household. She was uh, up watching the uh, attempted Lakers comeback last night. Uh, she's been really loving Tyler Harrow in the uh, in the Miami series. She's got her favorites, and she's she's got those that she she's rooting against as well. She, she we were both. I mean, my one-month daughter and I just laughing at Kawhi and Paul George and Patrick Beverly uh, when when the Clippers got eliminated. So we're raising a new breed of trash talker. And I gotta say. Uh, it was great to get all of the uh, engagement from the fans of Ball on Blast just telling me how right I was about Giannis. I mean, just I, you, okay. you guys don't know how many people reached out and were just like, you know what? You're right. Giannis is trash.
1: <laughs> you know what?
0: It's so true. There were
1: so many comments, and people were like, you're not wrong. <laughs> there was a lot of that. And then there was like, nope. I full lot agree, which I find hilarious because obviously like this era of media, right? Like obviously Giannis is not trash, but like the point more so was just that he's overrated when it comes to the playoffs and how we crown star players before they're ready to be crowned as quote-unquote the king but speaking well is of, he better
0: than monty morris i don't well, know after last night i was
1: gonna say speaking of getting ready to crown superstars maybe there's yeah. another superstar that's here that's putting on in the playoffs that is ready to be crowned and especially being a podcast that of course we're worldwide here on ball on blast on the on blast podcast network but of course our home and native land is canada and Jamal Murray is putting on for not only Canada, but for Kitchener, Ontario, stand up. (laughs) The Denver Nuggets with a 114-106 victory to cut into the Lakers' lead in the Western Conference Finals, 2-1. Murray with 28 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds, huge dunks, clutch shots, deep daggers, and swagger on $100,000 Mr. Andrew Webster, I'm going to just ask you, are you not entertained? Uh,
0: the the deep triple over AD was nuts. The dunk was really good, like just kind of going coast to coast. Yo, that the was screw face kinda, after oh, the dunk. Like, okay, I'm here for that. I'm here for. But that. But the shot, the shot was just big. Sam Cassell, nuts. It was absolutely huge. And I I, I gotta say, like my favorite thing is like when you hear the American announcers like you know Jamal Murray they they won't even try Kitchener they'll just say Ontario Canada because like if it's not Toronto it may as well be an igloo for for American announcers but this is but this why has we got to gotta
1: put on for our own guys right and like bun what the Americans are saying we know that we're putting exactly. on for our guy and we're going to rep our guy and we have been repping for our guy and i think oh. that's so
0: important right when we do i'm I, I... I'm here watching these games trying to figure out how the Sixers can get them. (laughs) Like, like would Ben Simmons and a future first, maybe two first be enough to get them, to get them to the Sixers. But this has to be like the best moment for Kitchener, Ontario in the history of mankind. Because (laughs) if you're from, if you're from Ontario, you're from the GTA, like, Kitchener's got a, a a pretty bad reputation in just being a janky spot, you know? <laughs> janky spot. Like I've been there. Yeah. I've been yeah. to Kitchener. Yeah, yeah. It is it's not special
1: we've all driven so, through kitchener right we've all driven oh through there uh it's an interesting place but it was funny last night because like jamal murray was the top trending topic in canada and kitchener was number four and i was just like
0: wait what's this <laughs> the highest it's been it's the highest it's been
1: <laughs> but i was like what are some of the other things you think of when i say kitchener ontario and not and not Jamal Murray. And I got some I funny responses Waterloo. on Twitter. Like it was pretty good. Our guy Sunny Big Thack messaged in and said yeah, exactly. Lennox Lewis and Oktoberfest. Got a lot of yeah, Oktoberfest okay. reactions. Uh someone else wrote in and said this was actually pretty funny. Someone wrote in and said schnitzel and sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Wow, what's wrong with me? <laughs> schnitzel and sauerkraut and then someone else commented on that saying coincidentally i had both for supper
0: amazing (laughs) amazing in kitchener
1: in kitchener bringing bringing everything together you know just good old canadian boy jamal murray doing work putting on for kitchener ontario
0: putting kitchener on the map i love it and like this is what i want though i need espn to do a little bit like Do one of those stories where they go to like Jamal Murray's hometown (laughs) and like, you know, send uh, uh, Harlow or somebody like send one of those reporters to do the And then just have them be like, oh, like, oh, my God. It's incredible,
1: though, what this man has been able to do in the bubble. And you look at some of the numbers, Webby, Jamal Murray is shooting 72 percent, almost 73 percent. In fact, 8 of 11 from 3-point range in clutch time this postseason, which is the best such percentage in a single postseason that ESPN Stats and Info info made available in the data set to a minimum of 10 attempts. Think about that for a second. That is incredible. And for those who might not know, clutch time is with the score within 5 points uh, in the game's final 5 minutes of play. So my guy, 73. 3% 3% that's just insane. when
0: we when we think back to the NBA bubble and the stars that took that leap during this time I think that there are like three two or three names that are going to come up one of them is Jamal Murray and then the other one is the guy that he had the great battles with a couple of rounds ago Donovan Mitchell yeah I think that kind of going forward in the NBA that these guys are going to be looked to as kind of the next generation of superstars Mm -hmm. now with Jamal Murray we've seen these like flashes with him before of him having these big games these big moments but the thing with him has been keeping the consistency you know he'll show up for a game two but then game four comes along and you know he's two for 11 four for 17 and the shooting goes away now so far he's been really consistent and like like you say those numbers in the fourth quarter are just insane But it's going to be interesting to see, especially against this Lakers team, Mm -hmm. now a 2-1 deficit for the Nuggets. Does he come out next game to try and even the series? Or will this be a Nuggets usual down 3-1 again (laughs) and then have to dig themselves out of this hole? But it'll be really interesting to see if he can do it 3 4 five times uh, in a row, and if he can, it's like sky's the limit for this guy. He's going to make a ton of money, and there are going to be teams, like the Nuggets are going to have to do a lot of, you know, kind of work here and there to see if they can keep him because every team's going to be gunning for him. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, he's re-upped, he's got his money, but the thing to me is, it was funny thinking, could the Raps trade for him? Like, I was just thinking about this, you know, the start of the playoffs builds up, and Jamal Murray, as we talk about all the time, there's levels to this, and I think he's taken a step into the next level because when you think about it, One of the big things is what do you do in the playoffs when it matters the most? And what do you do in winning time? And he's ticked both of those boxes. But I think the beauty of what happened in Game 3, Webby, was when you think of how he did it. So they were paced by other guys. Jokic took care of business early. Obviously, Jeremy Jeremy Grant Grant. was getting busy. But Murray with 12 assists as well and the 8 rebounds. That's finding other ways to contribute and then closing on the biggest stage. That to me is super impressive. So when you add in the fact we watched him go toe-to-toe with Donovan Mitchell, we watched him go toe-to-toe with Kawhi and the Clippers and take them out, come back from 3-1 down and just murder death, kill them. Then you have him now going at the King in LeBron and his throne. This is just a great coming out party for Jamal Murray and there were thoughts. I had dreams maybe at the beginning of these playoffs. Can Masai maybe go yeah. out and try to get Jamal Murray? Well, I reference this because I'm also currently rewatching The Wire, as I think I've mentioned on this pod a couple times. <laughs> and you know that scene in season, I think it's season four, when Marlo starts to take over and he gets up, oh. he's having the, the, the meeting with all the other drug dealers and he gets up and he's just like, oh yeah, and the price of the brick's about to go up and walks out, that's Jamal Murray's agent right now. That's the Denver <laughs> Nuggets right now. The price of the brick is going up because you're not getting Jamal Murray anymore. Like, he's taking that leap. You can't let him go. If you're the Nuggets, you're always worried about consistency, but now you're seeing him consistently do it on the biggest stage. As a Canadian basketball fan, you love to see it. But you mentioned, no, we, can they we do also this, man? can't.
0: We also can't, like... It's not just him no, doing this. No, no, no. I mean, at you all. talk about a guy. You talk about another guy who shows up late when it counts mm-hmm. is Jokic. Yeah. I mean, and and the Nuggets really need to if they want to keep Murray. I think that the key for them is keeping both of those guys around. For
1: Sure, that's a solid uh, duo. because
0: the complement, the complementary like attributes of each player, they play so well together, and it's not like. It, it, it's not like the Sixers. Sorry to use you know oh. the Sixers as another example. Whereas you know you've got Embiid and Simmons, and they both live in the lane, and, and it's tough to then spread it around and, and spread the floor, and then your whole offense is messed up. With Jokic and Murray, it's like their skill set complements each other so well that when they both have it going. In the fourth quarter, or late, or or when they're down three-one, it's really special to watch. Mm-hmm. And they're playing another team who has a, a, another great duo yep. in AD and LeBron. But this series seems to come down to as good as those four guys are. It's these secondary players, yeah. you know, like the last others. Night we saw, Shaq says. Yeah, last night we really saw, and listen, Jamal Murray was amazing late, but I really think that Jeremy Grant and Monty Morris won that game for the Nugget. Yeah. and They set it up giving Jamal Murray
1: a chance to close, right? Like, without those guys, Jamal Murray doesn't get the chance to close. I know it's a blowout win, but we've seen times where uh, teams give up that lead, and then it's panic time. Then you turn to your big boys, right?
0: Well, they did. They did give up the lead. (laughs) like. And on the other side, you know, it's Rondo can show up for a game. It's it's Caruso can kind of have these little moments, but or Caldwell Pope can hit a couple of big threes. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's it's those complimentary players, like who is going to show up to, like you say, give those stars the chance to perform late.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. And you you look at Jeremy Grant, and he puts up 26 points on seven of 11 shooting but also getting to the free throw line my guy shot attempted 12 free throws. I don't know if that's something that you can bank on continuously like if you look no. into the next uh round, right? But or the next games part of me. But you're talking about secondary scoring and when you're getting it from Jokic, you're getting it from Jamal Murray, who is going to be that third guy for the Nuggets? But you can ask the exact same question as you just mentioned about the lakers and if we flip gears here let's be serious anthony davis hits a crazy buzzer beater at the end of great game two right now a lot of breakdown about how much your guy uh plumley messed up which i'm not going to fully blame plumley on that
0: no 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 because in that video you see i think it's jeremy grant yeah. Pointing to LeBron and he's like, I'm going to need help on LeBron because he they totally thought that James was going to get the ball there. So
1: so if you break it down, what's actually going on in that play, I'm so glad you brought up that video, right? Because the zoom in, you can see, and I think it was ES, like one of the broadcasts, whoever was broadcasting the game, ESPN or TNT, they have the feed where it's like an ISO cam only on LeBron right? So Mm -hmm. if you just watch that feed from the very beginning, you can tell what the play is supposed to be is LeBron and AD are supposed to screen for each other. LeBron's supposed to roll to the basket. They're going to look for the lob. And if that's not there, the second look is to Anthony Davis. The problem is LeBron didn't even move. Like LeBron was like, no, 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 like I'm not taking the lob. They're going to be all over that. And he just kind of stood there which threw off Jeremy Grant, which threw off Plumlee. So I know everyone, the, the easy thing is ripping Plumlee, what did he do? But he was so worried on LeBron, and let's be serious, can you be mad at him for you being be. worried for LeBron rolling <laughs> to the basket? With,
0: especially with Anthony Davis behind the line. I know he's like really improved as a three-point shooter, yeah. but in all reality, when there's however many seconds there were there... Mm-hmm. I mean, you're definitely way more focused on LeBron James, yeah. somebody who you've seen make that shot time in and time out, than you are about Anthony Davis who was a good like foot behind the line like that was oh, a yeah. big three-pointer for that him.
1: was a massive three for Anthony Davis you got to give credit where credit's due for him to step out and knock down that three take that shot with confidence too because I think that's the part right like
0: he yeah. was ready to he shoot wasn't it scared. and
1: I and you know I give LeBron a lot of credit I know LeBron gets a lot of flack for sometimes um being contrived being like uh What's the word I'm searching for here? Like LeBron always kind of playing to the media or like pushing narratives yeah. or whatever. But yeah. if you actually listen to LeBron in the post game, a lot of the times he's dropping gems on you. He's dropping basketball knowledge. And he said they had the exact same situation just before uh, uh, the regular season shut down. And Anthony Davis, they ran the same play and Anthony Davis missed a three. And LeBron says he told him after that, he's like, dude, like I'm okay with that. Like You take that shot, whether you you hit it or miss it, I'm fine with that. You put in the work, and when you put in the work, you're able to live with the results. And I'm never going to be mad at you for missing a shot at the end of the game because I know the work that you put in. So he told him, hey, take that shot. And I think that's part of it where LeBron sits there, and he's not even moving. He's like, no, 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 I want AD to shoot that shot, knowing that the chess game that LeBron's playing LeBron knows yeah. he needs AD to be the guy, right? Deep I, down, LeBron I, I, knows that.
0: You were saying the chess game that he plays. I mean, and that's exactly it. It's it's missing that shot and then being the kind of leader to then be like, listen, that's your mm-hmm. shot. You take that. And so then the next time Anthony Davis has that confidence in him, well, LeBron says it's my shot. I can make it, you know, and even those little things mentally, like that can be the difference of that shot going in and that shot not going in.
1: And hey, he hits a shot and he's yelling Kobe and everyone's hype. Like it, it was a great scene. But then you flip off of that, a great playoff moment for Anthony Davis, a great career moment for Anthony Davis. And then you come back in the next game, game three, and this is where, you know, the naysayers like myself, who's been proven wrong so far as the Lakers are obviously the favorites to win the chip right now. But I'm worried about the consistency of Anthony Davis and can he bring it night in, night out. And he comes back in game three, puts up 27 points, cool. But then you look at 43 minutes,
0: two rebounds? He had zero rebounds through like three quarters. How is that possible when you're that big and that athletic? I know that Jokic has that... That body that's tough to get around, especially when he's boxing out. And Jeremy Grant was amazing and he's high energy. But against the Nuggets, if you're Anthony Davis, you should be cleaning the boards. That should really be like after, you know, getting to the rim, should be your second objective it's you have such an advantage with your size and your athleticism and it's such an important part of the game like how many times whether it's pro or college or high school or even you know getting a run in at the gym with your buddies like uh, rebounding is so important and for you to be 7 feet and having no rebounds through 3 quarters it's a huge disadvantage for your team. You're you're putting your team at a disadvantage by not taking by not using your size. And you mentioned, you know, against the Nuggets. I think in any
1: game, period, like Anthony Davis should be able to roll out of bed and get you five rebounds get a night ten. by
0: accident. Get ten,
1: right? And yeah. so when I look at the box score and you see Anthony Davis with two rebounds, players that had more rebounds in this game than Anthony Davis: LeBron, Danny Green doubled them, Caldwell Pope. <laughs> Uh Rondo had the exact same amount. I go over to the Nuggets and Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Jokic, Jamal Murray, Plumlee had the same amount off the bench. Michael Porter Jr. had more. Uh Craig had more. Like, that's unacceptable.
0: Craig. Right. Craig had and look at the minutes too that David it's not like he was getting cheaped out on minutes. No, I mean he forty three What did you say? Forty three yeah. minutes? That's insanity.
1: So you expect or you hope the bounce back happens because this is the thing, right? Like, he knows, he's going to hear all the feedback. LeBron and all them are going to be telling him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're going to know exactly what is going on and what we're going to hear about just the Lakers and what they need from Anthony Davis because they need more from him in that, you know, you got to go at Jokic, you got to be aggressive, and be in the paint and dominate the paint at the same time. So this series, I mean, the Nuggets, they're close to being up 2-1 themselves in the series. And I know the math isn't always 1 plus 1 equals 2. Like, just because they lose game 2 doesn't mean they come back and win game 3. Do you know what I mean? Like, the math doesn't have to necessarily be the same. But I think we're in for a good series. I don't know what's going to happen, but we know the Nuggets are not going to go down without a fight.
0: Even if they lose the next game and go down 3-1, we know that that's pretty, pretty much they're going to have them right where they want them. Yeah. You know? A couple
1: things that I, I think we should pay attention to, though, going forward in this series is just LeBron. LeBron, we talk about stats just being able to get when you walk out of bed, and you see LeBron still putting up numbers. But the Lakers as a team looked exhausted down the stretch.
0: I, I'm You're... Absolutely so, right. Even just they had a they had an ISO shot of, of LeBron, mm-hmm. early fourth quarter, hands on his knees, and you could see the shoulders going up and down. And I was thinking to myself, it was like, I've never really seen that a lot from LeBron unless it's, we're talking game seven mm-hmm. of the finals. But like, yeah, you're right. But listen, again, I always make this comparison. LeBron and I are the same age. <laughs> and it it hurts me to get out of bed sometimes. (laughs) So I I can't really blame the guy for being tired. I'm tired, and I'm watching him play.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Here's the thing. LeBron, so some things we might forget, right? Go back to LeBron's last playoff run in Cleveland, and we talked about the stats at the time for our OG Ball on Blast listeners. We talked about the stats in terms of LeBron and the pace of play, and he was so good because the stats showed you that he played at the slowest pace. I think it was like the second slowest pace of anybody right. else in the playoffs. And that's because he was walking the ball up the court. He was able to rest on defense. He was able to do all these things to keep the game at his pace. Now in this NBA, two years later, how much things have changed in terms of running up and down and the and the possessions and even just the change in the shot clock, you know, it resets to only 14. Like there's so many more possessions. It's a lot harder for him to do that. But he's also two years older. And I'm going to be okay with LeBron running out of gas. I might even be okay with Rondo being running out of gas because he's just now coming back off an injury. The rest of them dudes like Kuzma, Kuzma, AD, y'all don't got no excuse. Y'all can't be tired.
0: Y'all are chasing this ring. Y'all got to be ready, right? The the one guy on that team, though, who... It, it, to me almost never seems tired other than I mean Rondo kind of did fade away but he was great in the fourth quarter I thought last night yeah. but my, my, my guy Caruso <laughs> is just like a spark plug Your man boy Caruso, he's like, he's like Della Vadova yeah
1: oh yeah he's
0: just grit
1: yo the dunks when Caruso's the getting dunk dunks and was... everyone starts going crazy I'm always just like, <laughs> like guys he just dunked it like I get it He's like a white guy. and He's balding, but like he, he's, he's in the gross NBA.
0: Looking <laughs> right, <laughs> it's true. It's true. But I mean, like I you know, those, those like della della Vidova kind of guys. The uh, like those gritty. Yeah, they, they always have a story, you know. And, and like, uh, I, and it's funny. Like LeBron. Tends to find those guys and like gets the best out of them like gets them to play way above what their skill set is so that's i and caruso never seems tired to me like he might not be great but at least he's like putting it in i i can't say the same for kuzma man like this is somebody who he's hit or miss uh, laker fans especially were like oh man when kuzma gets it going it's over guy and uh, i I don't know man (laughs) it hasn't happened hasn't happened uh, the other one is Danny Green too man. What happened to Danny Green? Every time that shot goes up, last year with the Raptors, it was like, "Oh, in the corner, Danny Green, let's go." Like that's cash. Now it's like, I don't know whether he's in his own head or what, but man, it's ugly to watch.
1: It's not a good look for Danny Green, and I mean, if you think about it, he started taking a a downward turn from the end of his run with the raps. So this isn't really that surprising at all. But, you know, you think about the Caruso angle and you talk about those dudes with LeBron. LeBron is just really good at identifying roles. And the mm-hmm. story came out recently. I think they were talking about, was it Kevin Love? Some The story came out recently just talking about what LeBron does when he has like team meetings. And he basically goes to every dude on the team and tells them, hey, this is what I need from you. This is how you're gonna succeed. This is how you're gonna be better served for our team success. And some dudes can't handle that. Obviously, we know Kyrie left. Kevin Love also talked about how tough that was. But if you're yeah. one of those role players and you understand what your role is, you're gonna be able to ride look, JR's still making money off LeBron, right? So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, hey.
0: Can you imagine LeBron comes in the meeting? It's like, all right, Jr., here's what I need from you. I need you to be our biggest cheerleader, <laughs> and I need you to wave that towel around for every basket that we make. Okay? Yeah. And JR's is like, are the checks still coming in? Can I still buy the Hennessy? Is that? A- I'll-, I'll do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> so speaking of LeBron, there is a little drama surrounding LeBron, and you mentioned it off the top of this show. Right. So Anthony or not Anthony Davis, you were big enough, Anthony Davis, but <laughs> yeah. Giannis, it's,
0: that's a Freudian slip right there. Yes. Freudian slip. Right.
1: Giannis was named NBA MVP and there's a lot of talk and discussion about who deserved it and all that stuff. And how do you base your votes? All that fun stuff. But LeBron, okay. Saying that he was pissed off, close <laughs> yeah. quote, about MVP voting, tweeted out, laughing emoji 16 out of 101 a shrug emoji and okay cool i got y'all now i know where you stand on this but what do you make of lebron going to twitter to voice his displeasure with only receiving 16 out of 101 first place votes for mvp
0: i i love it <laughs> I, I absolutely I it's so funny to me like and then the other he was like listen i he's like you know what I've got no problem with Giannis winning MVP. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have no problem with Giannis winning MVP, then what, all of this is just to motivate yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. This isn't he's actually upset. Yeah. There, there's no way. <laughs> what this is is to, like, uh, we see this with with Jordan mm-hmm. did this all the time. Oh, I, I, I took that personal. Yeah. You know, like, that's what this is. This is LeBron trying to motivate himself. Now, to us, to the media and stuff, sure, it sounds like, well, pff, I didn't even want it anyway, but now, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what it seems yeah. like. But I, I just kind of saw it for, for him motivating himself to, to get ready for this series, yeah. especially against this opponent like Denver where you, you saw Barkley with the, with the broom out. Like, everybody's expecting them to roll, roll right over Denver. And so the MVP voting, I think... Uh, is a big motivating factor, but I think after what happened last night, I don't think he needs that motivating factor. I think what we're going to see in the next game is one of those LeBron, at least at the beginning, we're going to see him out and try to like really put his stamp on the game early, hit some of those deep threes that we see LeBron like to take. I know he was trying to work some of that mid-range, but Last night, but I think it'll be more him driving and more shooting three-pointers to see if he can get a big early lead from the Lakers Uh,
1: I I just love it. Do you know what? Honestly, I just love it because it's why we love the NBA and LeBron is the epitome of that we here doing this podcast one of the reasons we (laughs) love it is because the drama right like the nba players are so vocal about whatever's on their mind and we love them for that because we feel like we know these guys right and that's why you know to us it's the best league in the world that's why to us we figure out ways to get together and talk about the nba every week because it's so good and lebron being the best player in the world and epitomizing that in the NBA. Yeah. Right? The trickle down effect of that is obviously incredible. So, hey, for me, give us more content, LeBron. I love it. I love him being honest about it. I like I don't need the cliche of him coming out and being like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, Giannis had a good season and you know, we're focused on the championship. No, no, no. Yeah. Tell me the smoke. Give me the juice. Tell yeah, me I that can. you're cheesed. And speaking of the juice, though. Because we, we can't gloss over the Western Conference oh. and the Nuggets series and not mention the Clippers. Because, oh first God. of the Clippers lost since we have last talked. And I think when we talked last, I was like, oh, there's didn't no way lose. the Clippers can didn't, lose.
0: Didn't just lose. One of the most epic Game 7 pants crappings mm-hmm. that I can remember. Totally. I mean, this was uh, – honestly – The last one that shocked me this much Mm -hmm. in watching the game was Boston getting uh, LeBron and the Cavs out in 2009 before he went to Miami. Mm -hmm. That was shocking to me because I thought that that it was over. But I think that was only six games. That was game six. six, This was game seven, everything on the line. And to see a playoff performer like Kawhi Leonard absolutely not have it after we've seen him time in and time out mm-hmm. in this situation rise to the occasion and, and to see him not have it was uh, shocking. It's crazy. Was 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 it was crazy. Now, the other one that was shocking to me was Paul George lemon booty <laughs> with the corner three hitting the side of the backboard. How does that happen? You're you're like I, I've already used the bullet in the chamber mm-hmm. with Giannis and calling him out mm-hmm. as trash. I don't need to do that about Paul George. Yeah. More people have done that about yeah. Paul George more eloquently. He's trash.
1: <laughs> Here's a thing. Here's the
0: thing. Hold on. Hold
1: on. No, no, no. I'll, let you, go. I'll let you go. No, no. Go on. Go on. I'll let you go.
0: What has he done? It's like Giannis. At least, unlike Giannis, at least Paul George has made it to a conference finals. Okay. With, early, with the PG. Early PG. Yeah exactly a uh, different time in the nba but at least he's been there but even when he was there trash <laughs> these guys deserve each other they should put paul george and Giannis on the same team they'd have the best regular season record and they'd lose in the first round paul george put put, put chris paul on that team too oh wow hold
1: on well slow down slow down with this with the point god <laughs> slander but i mean paul george here's the thing when you're in crunch time, shooting the ball off the side of the backboard on a wide open three. That was a moment that I was like, oh, wow, they're going to lose this game. Like, I yeah, never fair. thought the Clippers were going to lose. I thought they were going to come back. And then they started off that fourth quarter slowly. And then I was just like, oh, wow, they're going to lose this game. And it happened. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen, but here we are. And there's a couple of things I want to talk about here a bit. And I know it's been a week since this happened, but... Raptors fans. Can we take a step back?
0: Raptors fans, chill out. Yeah. Let's let's do this yeah. for a can second. Can we take a step, step back? Chill out. Because you, you and do not treat Kawhi Leonard like that at Here's... all. Because he got you a championship and then to prey on his downfall like like T Grizzly <laughs> uh, Like I I'm not I'm not here for it. Like this is this is a guy that you're gonna put uh People were like, "Should we put a jersey in the rafters when he retires? Should we build a Kawhi statue for bringing us?" And then, as soon as he faces a little adversity in losing a, a game seven to a team that's really good, now you wanna, now you wanna do this to Kawhi? I, no, 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 no. I, and, and real, real heads, real basketball heads on Twitter and around, they were not having. it. Yes,
1: no, I totally agreed. I just think it was a weird situation because. Raptors fans were trying to tell us that they weren't cheering against Kawhi or they weren't making fun of Kawhi. They were making fun of the Clippers. And my response was, but the Clippers lost because Kawhi played bad. (laughs) Right? Like that's why the Clippers lost. Kawhi was 14 points in game seven. 14. He was one of 10 in the second half. That's a big reason why. The Clippers lost that game. And if you go back to the series, in the second half of that series, my guy averaged nine points on 35% shooting from the field in the second half of that series against the Nuggets. So all these people were trying to tell me or they were flooding on Twitter saying that, well, we're not making fun of Kawhi. We're making fun of the Clippers. And why did he go to the Clippers? And it's just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's rewind this story. Let's, let's, Let's rewind the book here. Kawhi going to the Clippers, we know that it was more than just about basketball, right? And people can leak out these narratives of now, you know, rehashing, oh, well, at the time, sources said that Kawhi didn't think that Toronto had enough to repeat, right? Okay, cool. Are we really going to play the hindsight game and act as if Kawhi going to the Clippers, we didn't think that team was going to be better than The Raptors if Kawhi stayed like we're gonna play hindsight on that and you're gonna diss Lou Will and Paul George and all those guys for how it floundered cool I get that but let's not forget the Clippers lost because Kawhi played bad if Kawhi played bad for the Raptors, the Raptors would have lost too, right? (laughs) I keep having to remind people of this because people are like, what are you talking about? Fred had this big game and Pascal had this big game. And it's like, you know what? Kyle
0: played like this.
1: And it's like, you know what? Cool. But our memories can't be that bad, can they? Like, (laughs) It's not that long ago that, I don't know, the exact same situation happened with Kawhi on the Toronto Raptors. And do you know when that was? The second round of the end of the Eastern Conference playoffs where Kawhi was playing against the Sixers, and you know what? A game seven. And do you know what happened? Kawhi dropped 40. He dropped a 40-piece. Yeah. <laughs> and the Raptors and the rest still of- needed four bounces to win that game seven. Do you know The rest why? of the
0: Raptors were not ready for that game. That's the thing. And if they didn't have Kawhi Leonard, they... It, it would have been a blowout the other way. It would have been a blowout for the Sixers. It, you're exactly right. They needed every... They needed... This, the Raptors last year needed every part of Kawhi Leonard. They needed everything that he gave.
1: So my, my whole point to the whole thing was just... And I was going back and forth with fans. And hey, I love going back and forth with fans on Twitter. My whole thing was, I get the fun and jokes. I get the, the slander. I understand that. But I'm not here for the total lies, right? And when people say things like, oh, well the Raptors supporting Cass is way better. It's like, no, no, no. The Raptors supporting Cass and the Clippers supporting Cass. If Kawhi plays bad, you lose. <laughs> if Kawhi plays good, you win. Like, these are just facts. Like, we watched it happen last year. If Kawhi dropped 14 points in any game last year, chances are the Raptors, the Raptors were going to lose, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and people are like, oh, well, the Raptors wouldn't have blown a 3-1 lead. It's like, guys, they were down 2-1 against Philly and Kawhi went out and dropped like 38, like 38, 12, and whatever in game four to even up the series and not be down 3-1. You're talking about blowing 3-1 leads. Like, we just watched this all. So you being salty, like, on the Clippers, okay? That doesn't change that the Raptors also lost in the second round, okay? You being salty
0: about the Clippers. That's what I didn't understand. (laughs) Why, why did why did Kawhi and the Clippers losing in the second round validate how the Raptors performed in the playoffs? I couldn't understand. I
1: don't understand it because you know what validates what the Raptors did? The championship ring. (laughs) Yeah. Like after that, and your team was still good afterwards cool be happy focus on what's next the slander of like laughing at the clippers it's like i get it but i'm not here for the lies and the lies were oh well pascal would never do that in a game seven it's like pascal had 11 points in the exact same situation like talk to me about facts don't lie to me don't lie to the people use your platforms responsibly that's all
0: i'm saying here that's all you know what it is though and you bring this up all the time it's toronto Screw face capital. <laughs> That's what it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's just, there's so many people coming up saying the raps, if they were up three, one, you think that they would have, they could have gotten past Kawhi playing poor. And I'm like, listen, guys, reminder Raptors were down two one in Philly. Kawhi had 39 points, hit five threes, 14 rebounds and shot 65% to tie the series at two that happened just last year right yeah. if he doesn't do oh, that if he doesn't do that they're down 3-1 to philly <laughs> and it's probably over and that's still before the four bounces and 41 points in game after seven. 41
0: points yeah like
1: what are we talking about and then you even have to go to the buck series to where game three in toronto raptors down to nothing in that series, we're not talking about blowing 3-1 leads. We're talking about you're down 2-0 in the series. Kawhi in double OT, 36-9-5. and 5. If he doesn't do that, the Raptors are down 3-0. 3-0. So again, we're talking about supporting Cass and making fun of the Clippers. Cool. But I'm just here to remind you of the facts. The facts are a huge reason why the Clippers lost is because Kawhi dropped 14 points in a Game 7. And what should be more important to Raptors fans is i don't know the fact that Kawhi leonard could leave after next season and if you played your cards right raptors fans and played this in a more positive light in terms of celebrating what Kawhi did here and celebrating the fact that hey you'll always be a legend here maybe he might want to come back in a year if you played your cards right and didn't hit the internet with all this slander for no reason because again the man brought you a championship
0: yeah, he won't want to come back if he reads the Menchies.
1: Sorry, but I, I had to get that off my chest because I was fired up about that last week and I didn't understand it's a great it.
0: point. I thought
1: the saltiness from the Raptors fan base would, would at least come down a few notches after winning a championship. And it's like, nope, still here, salty as ever. It's like, you have a yeah,
0: no. You don't get to be Philly level of salty <laughs> when it comes down to this. You guys won. That's oh. not fair.
1: But... With that all said though, webby, I am here for the jokes. And the Clippers are still providing us with these jokes. And
0: oh boy. So after well, the game, Paul George is providing me with the jokes.
1: So after the game, Paul George after the Clippers this is from Shams. After the Clippers elimination, Paul George was preaching to teammates to stay committed and ready for another run, and it was met by eye rolls and bewilderment from his other teammates. <laughs> That was from. Hold on, there's one more. There's one more. Uh, Chris Broussard says, "Quote: I've been told by some of the Clippers' role players that they actually think they're as good as Paul George, and they're having problems with the special treatment he's gotten from Doc. They can handle Kawhi getting special treatment because, for the most part, he's
0: delivered. (laughs) Yo, that's that's 100 percent Patrick (laughs) Beverly." It's 100 percent Patrick Beverly. Uh, that's guaranteed. Patrick
1: Beverly can't talk about anything, and Russ was right for the record. I know people don't like Russ, but Russ told people Patrick Beverly be fooling y'all, running around talking <laughs> all that noise, fooling y'all into I, thinking he's playing defense. <laughs> it's the uh,
0: it, it's the shot of uh, what's it? Well, I forget which Morris and uh, Patrick Beverly <laughs> yes. on the sidelines laughing after Dame, Dame missed, missed the free, free throws. throws and- and it's just so that's just oh it's so Dame perfect. Damon CJ every time just I see on it. fire that night on Twitter. Oh my too. god, we gotta talk about how great CJ McCollum was during that collapse down the stretch. So good. That was a must that was like an all time Twitter moment. He was he was on fire. He's never shot the ball that well. <laughs> that's how on fire he was that night of Twitter with Damon C
1: J just trading back, you know, because if you remember and go back to uh Dame hitting the shot over Paul George To eliminate OKC from the playoffs last season, waving by. And then in the post game, Paul George said, That was a bad shot. So someone quote added Dame Lillard with Paul George shooting it off the backboard and being like, Does this look like a good shot? Dame was like, Looks good to me. (laughs) Yo, I love this league so much. Dame and CJ on Twitter just fully just like enjoying the jokes and giving us the jokes. That's why this league is the best, right? Then so Hey, we got room for our, In Cabo if you guys still want to join us. So good, man. I love
0: this it's, league. Uh, what I love too about this league is that it's not like any other league where all these players are watching these games yeah. and they're so young and like adept at social media mm-hmm. that they're it's like watching along. I, honestly, that game 7 felt like I was watching it with Ten thousand people, yeah. or who, however many people I follow, and one of them was C.J. McCollum, and the other was Dame Lillard. It felt like watching it with those guys. Yeah, it was. So, that's so cool about this league. It's amazing, and we may not get to it in a in this show. But Billy Donovan hired by the Bulls, mm-hmm. and I saw this clip this morning of Zach Levine was playing Call of Duty on Switch. So like <laughs> okay. or Twitch. Sorry, yeah. that's how old I am. Twitch. <laughs> So he's broadcasting himself playing the game okay. as he finds out that his co- that he's got a new coach, okay. and that like just that level of engagement through social media is so cool and so different and so new and keeps the NBA on the precipice on the cusp of of newness, yeah. I guess for lack of a better word. But it's just amazing. It's amazing.
1: Um, and one of the most amazing things to come out of that, and again. The Dame and CJ jokes just going back and forth, because if you remember the moment you brought up of uh, Pat Bev and uh, Morris, whichever Morris, the Morris is on the Clippers, whichever Morris. <laughs> making fun of Dame missing free throws, and then they it led to the Twitter beef with Pat Bev and Paul George uh, saying 1-2-3 Cancun for the, the Blazers. And then the comeback around now of Dame and CJ leading the internet Twitter mob or NBA Twitter, just <laughs> laughing at the Clippers collapse because it is one of the biggest collapses ever. And them just laughing about, Hey, I still got room on the PJ. If you guys want to join me in Cabo. I haven't so booked good. it yet. Like it's incredible. But again, I always big up the inside the NBA folks on TNT because it's just incredible. And one of the things they do is gone fishing. And if you haven't seen yeah, the those, photo, the
0: pictures are great.
1: The photo that they put out, I'll post it on, online or maybe I'll put it up in the video that you can see on on this YouTube video, but the the picture of Paul George and Kawhi, they're all in Cancun and this might be the best one ever. There's so many things going on in the photo. You got Pat Beverly running on the beach in tims. You have <laughs> And then you have uh, Damon CJ like sitting on the thing like watching him yelling damn as he runs by like from the Friday scene. Dame is there laughing. You have Lemon Pepper Lou munching on wings under the Spanish Magic City sign, which is incredible, right? Um, you have the jaw scene. Gonna need a bigger boat. Doc on Doc on the boat with Balmer
0: it's just what was the boat what was the boat called the The boat's called called three
1: one then we're done
0: Yeah, 3-1, and we're done.
1: You have Wilson in the water, and then you have the Death Star hiding in the clouds. Like, There's so much going on in this photo. It's so good. Inside the NBA is the best show. Like, I love that show so much. It gives me so much entertainment because I love the NBA, and I love that they're able yeah. to give us the jokes, but also give you the breakdown of what's actually going on in the league. And hopefully, we're able to provide just a little bit of that here as well on the Ball on Blast podcast, a little bit.
0: We don't quite have the star power of a Charles (laughs) or a Shaq, but I like to think we got the jokes. I like to think that that we're kind of kin to them, you know, with the jokes that they got. I hear you. I think uh, last night I heard Barkley called shaq soft because he got swept in the playoffs <laughs> with orlando and i was like nah, this this show is oh, amazing.
1: those guys are the best it's so good them making fun of billy donovan it was so funny barkley oh. was like why do you take that job that's a horrible job like, why I do you take? and i just love the honesty right like no matter what it's their raw thoughts at the time and then they make fun of themselves for their terrible predictions that they made throughout oh. the whole year but it's Charles. all fun it's so good it's so good.
0: Charles's predictions are just... Just as soon as he says something, bet the opposite. <laughs> right. Uh, he had the broom out after game one. I was like, Ugh, this is...
1: Oh, yeah. It's so good. Uh, but also so good is the Eastern Conference. And, you know... We haven't even gotten to We haven't to even gone to the East. And we're kind of going to go through this a little quickly because we're doing this before the game's about to air, obviously. Mm-hmm. But at this point, the Heat are up 2-1 in the series. But this is where nba basketball series are made in this sweet spot between games three to five right Mm because that's when the adjustments come in and you know that the celtics getting back gordon hayward was obviously going to make a difference in game three and it did but the adjustments battle between stevens and spo it's just incredible and yeah, game
0: a coaching like a coaching chess match. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's
1: so good. The Heat took the early two nothing lead in the series, and it was that Heat culture grinded out, and Jimmy buckets winning it late. Huge block by Bam, one of the best blocks in oh. playoff history. Just it's been a great series so far, and at this point though, heading into game heading into game four, right. The battle of the adjustments. What we saw in game three, and I want to see how much this continues, was the adjustment made from Brad Stevens in which what he did was he took tice and moved him out of the paint or moved him from the top of the key and just had him stand in the corner. And what that did was it moved, bam, from the middle of the paint and opened everything up. And you just saw Tatum, Brown, Kemba all driving to the basket. They were super aggressive. The adjustment was clear. There weren't settling for threes. They might've taken some, but the game plan was we're getting in the paint, we're getting to the basket. Yeah. And then you add that on top of Gordon Hayward being an added playmaker. I don't know. I see this like, even if Miami goes up 3 1 to like in game four, I still see this being a long series because Boston now with Hayward, they kind of figured things up. And I want to see the chess pieces moved again and what Spo has in store. But what have you made of the series so far, Webby?
0: Just even this series being two one uh, in favor of Miami feels like it's tied two two. <laughs> yeah. I just there's something about I, I again like I said it when we were talking about the beginning of the series. Just the talent that the Celtics have, getting Hayward back now too. Yeah. It just seems like man, like the Heat are gonna have to pull out all the stops. But what the Celtics did in getting Hayward back and like you say attacking the paint was like taking a page out of what Miami did and then used it for themselves. And now we're also seeing, what's great with these two coaches is that they're switching back and forth between man and zone so much yeah. in the different uh, you know situations of the mm-hmm. game that it's crazy. It's like back and forth. Like The heat will go into zone and then have a little bit of success and then start to go away from it and then the Celtics will start to use it too. It's Uh, It's unbelievable. You're absolutely right about the the coaching going on in this. But the other thing is the coaching by the players. Now, I know we're going to talk about this, but my boy Marcus Smart, (laughs) after what came out about him going nuts in that locker room, that, along with getting Hayward back, but that really seemed to light a fire under the Celtics. And every time I see this guy play, and how hard he plays, whether it's pretty or not, or he's flopping, or the shots are It's like, this is a guy, we said it before, it's like, this is a guy that every team needs for them to be successful. Is like this guy who's got talent, but is also never going to take a playoff, and is always going to play defense, and is always going to play hard, and is not afraid to get in those guys' faces who have the talent on the team, and tell them to smarten up and play better.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is that irrational confidence guy that simmons always talks about right but to have him have that moment it's it can only go one of two ways right and i think you got to know how your team chemistry is right because that can make or break it but if you know ahead of time hey sometimes you do need to call these dudes out and that will just force them to step up that'll lead to positive a positive reaction hey sometimes that's needed and being down to nothing early on in the series it was huge to it's a huge move and you see the reaction. They came out, they played a lot better, and it was more aggressive. And Marcus Smart, at the end of the day, whether he's yelling, whether he's, you know, being a pest or whatever, if you're the rest of the Celtics, you gotta respect it. Cause you see that guy busting his ass on the court, and they need that, and they love that. So great series so far. And again even if even if it goes up 3-1 all of these games have been so close down to the wire that why can't a team come back from 2 nothing down or 3-1 down and push it to six or seven games so I thought this has been a great 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 series
0: the other one too is that I think the reason that it feels like Boston is has this series tied or is even winning it is because they've been winning most of these games, I think they've held yeah. a lead for like 75 or 80% of the time that they've been on the court. Yeah. So it's really a testament to what Miami does in to not get too down on themselves in the face of adversity. And I think that has a lot to do with Jimmy Butler, but I think it also has to do with the young players that they have on that team. Oh, yeah. You're Duncan Robinson, obviously, Harrow, Bam. These guys honestly like don't know any better. And then to follow the lead of somebody like Jimmy, who a lot like Marcus Smart isn't afraid to you know, lead by example yeah. and get in the face, uh, that's a big, big factor for Miami. I, I, I can't tell you, I, and I know you do too, Tyler Harrow so good. is good a stud man 20 years old and he's still doing this it's like he is so unafraid of the moment it's insane
1: i love the confidence they have in him like they have the confidence to let him just cook and whether it was crunch time whether it's just you know they're down in the game and they need a comeback they insert him in the game for energy he comes in and gets buckets and i say this all the time but his game is just so smooth right like you could tell my guy's in the gym because yeah. actually someone posted a video was it the heat Twitter account and it was him and Duncan Robinson just doing like a shooting drill and the video was like two minutes long and I don't think they missed a shot like it was just yeah. insane like them just going in a row but hero when you add in you know because he has a, his offensive games a little more polished in terms of he has a more yeah. handle he can get more yeah his game is just nice and the one key factor for Miami that I think is big with them having the extra days off, was the big factor for them has been the play of Goran Dragic. And Dragic has been kind of hobbled in the last game. He didn't look that good in game three. And you think about that, you know, you saw the knee brace. And anytime you see that, you kind of worry about it but he didn't really play well in game three and he's been such a huge key factor for their playoff run and so you hope that he's feeling a bit better if you're a heat supporter heading into game four and for the rest of the series because that's also a reason why you saw so much hero down the stretch yes he was playing well but Dragic wasn't
0: they need Dragic to have a little bit of that veteran and uh, another veteran is uh is Iggy is uh is banged up i don't know if he's gonna play tonight or or what his status is for the rest of the series but i I know he doesn't give you what he used to give you back in the day but that's still a guy that he could really use out there because that balance that they have between the young guys and the vets
1: yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun the playoffs have been amazing and i think you know from the 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 angle of us as canadians We don't really care who ends up making it to the finals because it's something that's going to be exciting for us to root for and cheer for in terms of even if, you know, obviously the NBA and stateside, they want the Lakers, obviously the LeBron storyline. But for us, bring on Jamal Murray and Jokic, right? Like real NBA heads, I think we'll still enjoy that regardless. And then in the East, either of those teams, it'll be a great fight in the finals. So the playoffs have just been great. Like, I've, I've enjoyed this way more than I thought I have. I'm already trying to think about, oh, wait, what happens when the playoffs are over, right? Like, yeah. what's going to happen then? And then I think, oh, wait, free agency. Oh, the draft. Oh, right? So the clock just oh, doesn't I stop. Even,
0: I haven't even thought about the draft. All I know is that there's another ball kid coming <laughs> up, and, and, and that's it. That's it. Like, that's all I know.
1: Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um. One other thing that I want to bring up as we move and we close every episode with our Ask on Blast segment, one thing we also do sometimes is a recommendation. And I just want to ask, have you seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? No,
0: not yet. I need to. I need to.
1: We'll put that as our recommendation. Must watch for people who you know, do anything on social media. You have a Facebook account or you have kids who have a Facebook account or whatever. You're on social media. You should watch this to gain a better understanding of exactly what what social media is. Because it it might come down, come on as a downer, but I feel like if you have an understanding of what it is, it might change people's behaviors of what they get from it. I'll say that as a tease because I don't want to give away too much and we'll reconvene and talk about it another time. But...
0: So now for the Ask on Blast segment, I want to ask, okay. what, what's your record now with the, uh, I'll name this football pod later.
1: Oh, so football picks, I think, uh, hold on, through two weeks, I posted it the other day. Uh, I don't know if I still have it up.
0: Because I, I was very impressed when I saw it, especially so, from week two.
1: Well, last week for week two, it was 11 and five. And so <sighs> the first week I think was eight, seven and one. So Quickmath tells me that's what 19 12 and 1
0: 11 and 5. Yeah. But in week but two. here's the thing. You could have been you could have been 12 and 4. Yes. But what'd you do? <laughs> you didn't you didn't take my boy back door burrow. True. And I also took your Eagles. That's, well, that's <laughs> listen. Again, that's that goes without saying that that's a bad bet. Oh. Because I think that it start that line started at Eagles plus money. Yep. Like, they were underdogs, and then by the time, like, oh, it's Saturday, swung. Sunday rolled around, it, it, it swung the other way. Oh, yeah. But, man, listen, you brought up the two teams. Mm-hmm. This this week, I know you're still yet to record yep. now. Bengals plus five and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing, right? NFL early on, you always got to get your wins in early. The first couple yes. of weeks of the NFL season, everyone's still trying to
0: figure things out. Before Vegas kind of recalibrate
1: exactly, and this week three, I'm telling you, people are good. Like things are gonna blow up. The NFL people's picks are gonna be bad. Survivor pools are gonna get messed up, if they're not already, which I know a lot of them were after week one when the Colts went down. But week three, this is gonna be a tough week. And you mentioned the pod, man. It's been a lot of fun just being able to kick things around. And the approach we take on it is kind of you know, I'm the casual gambler, right? Like. You know, so I'm trying to talk to the people going out to play their pro line tickets, or I'm trying to talk to the people who have their picks pool at work. And I just make my picks public like that. And the counter to that is bringing on a guy we both know in uh, who's now a professional uh, better, Matt Russell. And, you know, bringing him on board, the thing with that sports betting professional, you're coming with different numbers. He's coming at it from a different numbers game. And you know it's just trying to merge the two worlds of just gaining information. If you're gonna go out and make the picks, at least be armed with some level of information. That's all we're trying to do. And he'll come on and tell me, hey, this is where the number started on Sunday. The number moved to this. Uh, This is what the Sharps are doing. This is where the big money is in Vegas, right? Remember these trends. And he'll try to come and hit with, those type of things matching with me being like, yo, man, I'm riding with Cam and Belichick getting, a, getting yeah. <laughs> three and a half points, right? So that's kind of the vibe we try to pick on the pod. And it's been a, a lot of fun, man. As mentioned, we got we give out survivor picks on the pool. We go through uh, most of the big games and give out, you know, I won't give out my picks on the pod, but what we do is I'll talk about what I'm thinking and we'll kind of talk things out before That's i make it. the actual just picks just
0: uh, yeah. talking that out and, and hearing those uh arguments back and forth with uh like a layman like you and yeah. me just watching the games casually mm-hmm. and having the professional just getting those little bit of tidbits man i find it so so uh useful even just like the little like dollar bets that my dad yeah. and my cousin and i But make, just like you know?
1: understanding too the difference in the number right and just how important yeah it is you know that extra half point sometimes and those are the Mm -hmm. things we're trying to talk about those are things we're trying to go through we also give out survivor picks every week right we give out a sucker bet of the week in terms of hey this is what everyone thinks might happen go the other way so it's it's just a lot of fun man and you know as you mentioned webby the on blast podcast network just continues to 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 glow up right we got basketball pods, we've got football pods. And just know if you're ever looking for anything, On Blast Podcast is a network. This is Ball On Blast Podcast. That podcast, the football one, is called. Still, at this point, I'll name this football pod <laughs> later. I don't know if I'm ever going to end up changing that because we're on the week three no. and I still haven't changed it yet. So
0: Not unless you get the cease and desist from Button. If you get that, then you might have to change
1: right? it. Well, he's on some bigger things now. As I see the Joe Budden Podcast Network or the Joe Budden Network, I see that's a thing now
0: which oh, i gotta okay. go see
1: i just saw it posted so i don't even know what it really is but hey maybe we can negotiate some some things <laughs> right uh, but yeah man webby this has been a lot of fun man I'm, I'm glad we were able to squeeze in this podcast and get it done because tons going on in the nba whether it's on and off the court the bubble continues to surpass my expectations in terms yeah, of yeah
0: i think everybody's expectations really yeah
1: and it's it's just been really great and it's been a great time and and thanks again for tuning in and joining with me webby but if the people want to hit you up for you know some parenting tips maybe your thoughts I on the yeah, I, I need them
0: i need the parenting some, some tips some
1: lessons on uh, kitchener ontario where can the people hit you up on social media
0: yeah absolutely please watch along the games with uh, my daughter and i on twitter or come check out the style icon ivy on instagram it's basically all i'm posting now uh it's the same on twitter and instagram the handle is at a webster 84
1: and you can find me on twitter same thing you know we're live tweeting during the game uh during the games for the most part and uh, you can find me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander And, of course, you get this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Any of these places, just search On Blast Podcast. Again, that's the On Blast Podcast. We got a network of things, but this is called Ball On Blast, where we talk about everything going on in the NBA, the greatest league in the world. And I say this at the end. I know it's a Meek Millie line. I got the Dream Chasers hat here on the set because it means so much. I buy into the realness of the vibe. And so you might think it's just cliche, but I really mean it when I say it. I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.
0: This is Ball on Blast. Part of the On Blast podcast network. Available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.
1: On blast.